What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Two Buck Sports Podcast, and there is a lot going on behind the scenes. I'm your co-host, Rusty uh, Buckets, here with my buddy, Drew Uncle Buck. Welcome to the podcast, sir, the podcast that almost was not. Yeah, I'm telling you, uh, you have the most undependable <laughs> podcast co-host in the, in the free world. Uh, yeah, so... Sunday night about 7:30, uh, apocalypse happened in Tampa County, and I again I went to work at eight o'clock and saw we had 11,000 of our 14,000 kind citizens out of power, and so that's where I've been ever since. And so Rusty, once again showing he's a better man than me, <laughs> hung around. It is 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Yes, he is, is up. He's re- he's ready to go. He's had enough time sitting around waiting for me to come up with a whole bunch of notes and <laughs> topics and uh rusty i appreciate you uh but here we are and i'm i'm excited i told you right before we got on the podcast it's great to have a conversation with an adult that's not about work that has not happened uh for me since sunday night if i still had cell phone minutes they would be maxed out by now uh but now i get to talk about something that is not work and i'm just giddy so let's get started i knew that i got a phone call from drew the other night at 9 45 and drew knows i'm the resident old man and i go to bed early it is what it is i own that but i knew when he called me at 9 45 it was not good news about the podcast he was in full power ranger mode called me from work just letting me know hey man i'm out doing my thing we're having to get these people's power back on at that point they'd gotten some of them back on but it was still going to be a long week so drew i am glad that we were able to make it happen on a regularly scheduled night uh but just know that i am a man of the people that i am staying up past my old man bedtime for this (laughs) yeah well you know they say that married couples you know you're typically on one end of the spectrum and you meet in the middle like i was a night owl and Haley was early to bed and we've kind of met in the middle at nine to nine thirty most nights that's what me and you're doing. We're just like an old married couple. So, That's it. Uh, we're we're meeting in the middle, except um, you've started walking my way, but I hadn't had to. <laughs> I haven't really walked yours much. <laughs> That's fine. I, you know, there gonna be nights where I'll have something come up where you have to come halfway my way. So uh, yeah, uh, cheers to that. But speaking of cheers tonight, before we get into anything, um, we need to raise a glass. You need to raise okay. a glass to the Memphis Grizzly that was uh-huh. Mr. Tyus Stones Jones. He's going to lead off our first segment of the night. Tyus, that's for you, buddy. Gone what a not great forgotten. Grizzly he was, man. Stones was the best, one of the best regular season players we had. When Ja was, there were stretches where Ja was out, and we went 25-2, and two, and Tyus was a double-double machine. Tyus was a great calming presence coming off the bench, and for those of you keeping up at home that are Grizzlies fans, which hopefully by the time – this deep, this is episode 39, this deep, we're converting you to be Grizz fans. Uh, you know the impact that Stones has had on our team and know that he was involved in a massive trade. They brought in a great player we'll discuss in a minute, but this segment, this portion, I want to dedicate to one Tyus Stones-Jones, who is now a Washington Wizard. Yeah, so it goes without saying. Like, I say it goes without saying now. It's because It goes without saying because we've said it so many times on this podcast as we were recording this basically throughout the whole NBA season, and it was touched on in a segment every single week. His impact on the Grizzlies team was more 
impactful, was greater than anyone could have ever dreamt of for a backup point guard. But what he was was a leader. He was stoic. He was always dependable. He was always healthy. In the four years that he was a Grizzly, he led the league in assist-to-turnover ratio every single year. He was exactly what we needed, especially when early season jaw or early career jaw was played with injuries Mm -hmm. for long periods of time throughout pretty much every season and last season with a suspension he was always you know just think about how many of our favorite sports teams have had seasons derailed when their star player is away from the team yeah how many times do you are you able to say well that's all right we've got tyus jones we've got this guy like John Morant was first team All NBA, an All Star game starter, and when w- he went out, we did not mind. Didn't miss I mean, a beat. Yeah, we knew that it was a regular season good, and playoffs we may that may be when you see your faults, but we were the two seed for two consecutive years in the NBA playoffs, and it can singularly be attributed to Tyus Jones. Yeah. A hundred percent. Tyus efforts on both ends of the court, like you said, could be a steel machine, was a facilitator like no other, and just a great stalwart. You know, he would be starting on the majority of NBA teams. And so I hate that he's going to the Wizards. It's a great place for him to go get his teeth cut as a starter because there will be some game management and body management he'll have to learn being an NBA starter. You can do that in Washington, but you heard it here first on the Two Buck Sports Podcast. Tyus Jones will end up as a starter of a contender or a playoff team in the not-so-distant future because his 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 future is very, very bright as a starting point guard. Yeah, and I want to say that he was appreciated appropriately as a Grizzly. Sure. He was However, compensated. it was always kind of that – he was always kind of talked about as the possible trade chip. Yeah. You know, and I kind of regret that now that he's gone – because he was so much more than that. And I, I realized that, but it seems like that's what was talked about way too much instead of just appreciating the fact that, man, we've got the best backup point guard. And even calling him a backup point guard seems like an insult. Yeah, and I own that. I said last week on last week's episode that he's worth more to us as a, in a trade. And I've thought about that a lot that, you know, I don't mean that in a, in a derogatory way at all because his contribution, without his contribution, you're right, we're not a two seed in back to back years. We're not one of the hottest young teams in the NBA. And we're not getting the hype that we sh- that we have been getting without Tyus and his contributions. So I don't mean it that way. It's definitely we're going to miss him. It's going to be weird seeing him in a Wizards jersey. I'm going to he's going to be one of those guys that I'll root yes. for for the rest of his career because he gave so much to the team and sacrificed so much. Because like you said, he was more than a backup point guard. He was the highest paid backup point guard in the league because he could go start in a majority of other franchises outside right. of a handful that had their point guards nailed down. And so I will forever appreciate his contributions to the Beale Street, the boys on Beale Street, and. Wish him well in his career. Like I said, we'll always root for him unless he ends up on one of those L.A. teams. But aside from, I mean, I know we both said that it kind of felt insulting to say to view him as the best trade piece. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. we traded him, and who did we get, Rusty? We got Marcus Smart. Man, like <laughs> – Drew, he was not on – you know, we'd kicked the tires of him in previous seasons. Just thought he was untouchable in Boston. 
And I think Desmond Bain, who has scored so many brownie points with me through this process, Desmond Bain, our starting shooting guard, was up at 3 a.m. interacting with Twitter when the news broke. I woke up to about six or eight text messages and a ton of Twitter notifications the next morning that it happened. I immediately text you when I woke up. Yeah, I woke up to Rusty saying, dude, we've got to do an instant reaction pod. And my (laughs) first thought was, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And Desmond Bain was up at 3 a.m. This is a family podcast, so I'll clean it up. But interacting at 3 a.m. with Joe Mullinax, at Joe Mullinax on Twitter, who said it's 3 a.m. and I can't sleep because Memphis, uh, because Marcus Smart is going to play basketball for the Memphis Grizzlies. I am so hyped. And Desmond Bain, our starting shooting guard, uh, tweeted out, real Woke up to the news now. I'm up. Let's get it. And tag yeah. Marcus Smart in it, dude. If that don't tell you what you need to know right there, I have been on cloud nine since this trade happened. I don't know about you, but just the more I think about it, it just works. Yeah, so this trade goes Marcus Smart with Grizzlies fans and the Grizzlies organization goes so much further than what the fit is for him. And the fit is perfect, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But Memphis, as Zach Randolph once said, is a blue-collar town, and I'm a blue-collar guy. And we've always appreciated the grit that, that these gritty players bring to us. That's what we appreciate. That's what endeared us so greatly with Zebo and Zach Rand. I mean, Zebo and Tony Allen and Marcus Saul. It was that mentality that they brought that it was going to be a war, and we're ready for it. Mm-hmm. And that personified on another team gets recognized by Memphis because regardless of the laundry that you wear, we appreciate the grit that people play with and Marcus smart amongst maybe a handful of others, you know, Jay Crowder is one that I've often thought about or Pat Bev, you know, it's always appreciated by Memphis fans. If you have that grit, Mm -hmm. but no one more than Marcus freaking smart. Yeah, man. Because Marcus is not scared of anybody. He's what we wanted Dylan Brooks to be. He can guard anybody one through three. There's a lot of fours, A, he can guard right now, and B, that if you told him he couldn't guard, he would really try. And then he knows his role. He can go get you 30 on on an offensive night if you need him to. But his role, he he recognizes, is that defensive stalwart and a facilitator. And so he's going to be massive while Ja is out. And then when we get Ja back, all he's going to do is open up the floor that much more for Ja to slash and cut and do his thing. Yeah, absolutely. So our biggest beef with Dylan Brooks is that he shot a very low percentage but a very high volume. <laughs> he didn't realize his role. Well, Marcus Smart has a lot of those same flaws, mm-hmm. except for the fact that he knows his role. Mm-hmm. You stack up just the shooting slashes for both players, and you think, well, these are basically, you know, it's like uh, we spot the differences in the pictures. They're virtually the same picture. Mm-hmm. However, Marcus Smart averages five fewer shots per game. And that tells you what his mindset is. Yeah, Dylan's mindset was always this team is going to go through me, regardless of the fact that he was at best the fourth best player on the team. Yeah, He was always going to try to take the first most shots the the highest amount of shots you don't have to worry about that with marcus smart because he's coming off a team in which at best 
at very best, he was the third option because you've got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on the team. And he was also a sixth man on that team for much of his career in Boston. Yep. And so you look at how it fits as we kind of transition into that now. You see how it fits with the Grizzlies is, one, you lost your backup point guard in this trade. You lost Tyus Jones. Well, in the future, there's your backup point guard. It's Marcus Smart. Now, he's a backup point guard plus, 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 because he's not going to – he will be on the floor with Ja a lot. He, but he, I think he'll he'll be a starter for most of his Memphis Grizzlies career. There's a lot of creative lineups that Taylor can do with that, not to interrupt you, but I think he'll be a starter. Yeah, and we'll get into that. I'm, I'm curious to see how Taylor does those lineup situations. But in the meantime, Ja's got a 25-game suspension. He was a starting point guard for Boston throughout their last two runs in the playoffs, uh, once to the conference finals, one to the NBA finals. So he's a winner. And he also feels that defender role. Now he yeah. is not the prototypical defender that Dylan was. Dylan was barrel chested, uh, kind of short arms, but he was six, 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 seven. Marcus right. Smart's only six, three, six, four. And so I'm a little hesitant to say that he is going to thrive in guarding bigger wings. Mm-hmm. However, he is a pit bull. And if you, he can honestly a bigger mismatch on switches with the biggest of guys, right? Because got, he is a pest that's biting at your ankles of the bigger guy he, that maybe know, isn't as, as nimble, you know, as the kids say these days, he's got that dog in him and right. don't tell him he can't defend somebody because all he's going to do is go out and do it. He is relentless on the defensive end. And that's one thing we hadn't even addressed yet is we now have the reigning back-to-back defensive players of the year. So Tripp, our homeboy brought up born and bred Memphis, was defensive player of the year last year. The year before was Marcus Smart, who got that award. The first guard to win it since Gary Payton. In a long time. Yeah, Gary Payton in the 90s. And it's because of that relentless dog mentality that when he's on that court, man, you know, we talked about it last week with Bob Huggins' teams in West Virginia. He's going to start defending you when you get off the bus. And it's that dog mentality that got him that DPOI. And now we got the last two in Memphis. So we're back to that team that people are going to circle on the calendar because they don't want to play us because you're going to be in the mud. You're going to have to hustle. You're going to have to earn it when you play the Memphis Grizzlies. And it's because of who we now have on the defensive end. You get a superstar guard that's traveling to Memphis and you're going to see a lot of DNP rest on that lineup, yep. which is trash. <laughs> but hopefully Absolutely. hopefully the new the new games played wrinkle in the awards fixes that a little bit. But that's And honestly we, we really but. you know some people were saying we overpaid, yada yada yada, but the more you deep dive on what we gave yeah. up, like Tyus needed to go because there were some rumors coming out. He wanted to be a starter, which I don't blame him. We did right by Tyus. We did right by Tyus. We gave an opportunity to go start. We gave up our first round pick this year, which was the mid-20s again. And then we gave up the Golden State pick next year, but kept our first round pick. So we still have a first round pick next year. We gave up the Golden State pick next year, which in all likelihood is going to be a 25, 26, 27th pick in the first round, which how many of those dudes end up panning out anyway? So we really didn't give up that much to get a superstar defensive player, you know, former defensive player of the year to fill in a lineup that's going to be lethal without Ja. And then when Ja comes back, it's only going to get that much better because 
there's going to be so many creative things. You know, a small ball lineup, and we'll get into this more as the summer goes on, but of uh, Ja, Marcus Smart, Dez, uh, Trip, and BC is going to be that that lineup that runs you out of the gym because they're smaller, they're more athletic. BC's looking good in his rehab videos, jumping up out of a pool. He's getting that bounce back. All intents and, purpose, in, and purposes points to this is a phenomenal trade. All this right. is a win so, for the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, I want to address the trade as well uh, in regards to the picks. First round picks are valuable. Sure. They are extremely valuable, but they are valuable when you're giving the first round pick. Mm-hmm. Tell me who the 25th pick of the draft was this year. He wore a Grizzlies hat on the stage, but it it went to, to ultimately went to Detroit. Sure. But uh, my point is the 25th pick of the draft is a dice throw at best. The draft is, you get some gems, but. Mm -hmm. We got Daz at the end of the first round, but those are few and far between. Right. So the 25th pick of the last few drafts, Marcus Sasser, that's who the Grizzlies who was picked with the Grizzlies pick that went to Detroit uh, last year, Blake Wesley. So Blake Wesley was the 25th pick of the first round to the Spurs last year. How much do you think Blake Wesley is worth now? <laughs> That's <laughs> my point. The yeah. 25th pick in the draft is only worth a 25th worth a player before the players drafted. You know at, what I'm saying? At best, those guys are going to be two way players right. at best. And so, uh, in 21, Quentin Grimes, decent player for yeah. the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly, he's really good for mm-hmm. the. Uh, th- uh, uh, he uh, ended up going to uh, Philly. Philly, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's good. He's the exception though, because the yeah. year before that, Nasir Little, Mo Wagner, yeah, uh, some guy from overseas I don't know, Bryce Johnson, Jarrell Martin, yeah. And then you go back to 2012, Tony Roten. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to 2010, Dominique Jones. Those are all three Grizzlies picks. That's yeah. three picks that the Grizzlies made at 25, and they've all been trash. Yeah, none of them have panned so out. So we gave a 25th pick. We gave Golden State's pick. They traded for Chris Paul. They're not trying to suck next year. So and that's going to that- be a pick in the 20s. Exactly. And Tyus Jones, which is going into the last year of his contract, uh, I don't see the downside. No. You got, it creates room that we'll get to in a few minutes for that MLE, um, but continue. Yeah, absolutely. I don't see a downside. Yeah. And so I I think it's a home run because it's the whole bird in the hand versus two in the bush thing mm-hmm. because you know what you're getting out of Marcus Smart. He's on a three, He's got three years left on his deal. He's a heart and soul kind of guy. He's a character guy that you want in a locker room. Who's got the gravitas that. to look at Ja and Jaron or whoever's out of line, young guys, rookies, whoever's out of line, and saying, I'm Marcus Smart. I've been to NBA Finals, plural. I've been to Conference Finals, plural. And I've been contributors to every team I've been on. I know what I'm talking about. You need to get in line. And that that is the most important part of this trade for Marcus Smart that needs to be talked about. That is number one. 
he's a culture guy. He's got the clout that Steven Adams didn't have last year when he tried to have that chat in Denver. No offense to Steve-O. He's a big fan of the podcast. He's just no not offense to wired you, that way. He, right. Know? But Marcus Smart can, can look Jaron in the face and say, you're playing soft. He can look John in the face and say, stop screwing around. You're messing this up. He's got right. the clout to do that. And he's a community guy. He's He invests in the community. He's a big investor in kids with cancer. And so it's going to be a natural partnership with St. Jude there in Memphis. He did a ton of work after his mom passed away from cancer, which is why he dyed his hair green. I hope he continues that and dyes right. in blue. Um, no, it, green's the color. He needs to keep it green. Keep it green. For his mom, who requested. Yeah, those who don't know, his mom request, like made, made fun of his mohawk, was kind of picking him about his hair and said, oh, the next thing you're going to do is you're going to dye it green. And then she passed away, and he has dyed it green since she passed away. But just a high-character, high-quality guy that you need in a locker room with a bunch of young guys. And Zach Kleiman nailed it when he said we might have invested too much in youth and rookies. He went and got the opposite of that, a guy with some clout, a guy with some experience that comes into a young locker room who's on the cusp of what could be greatness, right? You look at the Nuggets, and most of their guys are 27, 28, and that's kind of that window when people start winning championships. And all of our guys are 24, 25. Right. So Marcus Smart is going to be able to bridge that gap and bring this team into the future and I think he's got the clout to get Ja to behave, Jaron to – because if, if Jaron and Dez continue on their trajectory and their improvement, you get that culture investment of Marcus Smart, this team's going to be dangerous in a couple of years. Absolutely. It it checks all the boxes. And there's still holes on this team, and there's still some roster needs. Mm-hmm. And I believe that will start to get filled tomorrow when free agency opens. You know, people uh, are saying that Kleiman's done. I don't know that he is. We have room for the mid-level, uh, the mid-level exception. Exce- exception that's going to be kind of that that Ex- veteran wing. Yeah. There's a lot of guys are going to be available for that, and so, you know, a couple names that keep coming up that are tied to the Grizzlies: Jeremy Grant out of Portland, Kyle Kuzma is a name that keeps coming up, Harrison Barnes. There's a lot yeah. of names that keep getting kicked around that are going to be worth that MLE that we might could do a sign and trade with a Dylan Brooks. That's the thing. So none of those guys that you mentioned will fit into the mid-level exemption because they're going to want too much money. Mm-hmm. So sign and trades is going to be the way it gets done. and It'll have to involve Dylan Brooks. Yeah. And it can be done. And I don't know that the relationship is soured as much as Shams might've made us think. I think well, there's some hope there. It doesn't matter if it's soured, like yeah. business is business and you can, they can come out and publicly and say that no, under no circumstances will he be a Grizzly next year. But ultimately, you still own his rights, and mm-hmm. you've still got to, you know, we're cool with letting him walk, mm-hmm. or and you can, you know, Team X, you know, if if you're cool with us letting him walk and you try your hand and straight up free agency, then fine. Especially but, with the number he's yeah. wanting, I don't know that he's going to get. Nobody's going to pay him $20 million no. a year. No. So, but, but if you can tell him, hey, listen, you know, like Kuzma Washington may be one thing, but like, listen. You do a sign and trade, and we can get you to Sacramento. That's a team on the rise. We can use Portland, play with Dame, and get these guys like a Harrison Barnes or Jamie Grant that comes in. I think Harrison Barnes fits and make Barnes fits. It makes sense. There's a good chance he's likely going to end up in Indiana. So I wouldn't be mad with Kuz or or Jamie Grant either. I think I think you start Harrison Barnes and work your way back because he brings an athleticism that would help this team tremendously. Yeah, you know. Those are all pie in the sky. I think that's best case scenario, especially right. with guys like Jeremy Grant, who I'm, I think it, the I think there's man. teams out there that's going to want to pay him 
you know, that somebody will be willing to drive up the dollar on Jeremy Grant. I'm looking at guys like I I like Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah. That's a great, that'd be a great pickup, man. Yeah. We need that shooting, you know, Luke Kennard coming off the bench. DiVincenzo is a, is a yeah. sharp shooter. That, and, and he's that a puts good us defender. in that upper echelon of offensive scoring. Yeah. And so there's guys out there and I'm not saying a big move has to be made. No. You know, this, this front office has shown time and time again, that they're willing to play the long game. And so, and they're um, high on Jake LaRavia. They're high on his development this this off season. Maybe they're seeing something I'm not. He he had some he had some flashes, but by and large, just wasn't great last year. No, he, big he body rookie. Roddy's coming along, but yeah. it, you know there's some hope that Zaire is going to take that step. And I love Grizz Twitter, man. Grizz Twitter is a is an interesting place, like most NBA Twitter is. But so many like people Twitter think can, is right. <laughs> so many people can think that we can package a Santi Aldama, John Conchar, and you know, Jake LaRavia and turn it into like people saw them play. If we don't want them, what do you think? What makes you think Golden State's going to want them? This isn't Kevin Costner in draft day. You're not going to end up with the top three picks. You're not going (laughs) to trade those three guys for a Kevin Durant. It's just not going to happen, man, because people, people watch them too. It ain't just us. Well, and I love the fact they kind of go about this the same way that the Cardinals do, except the Cardinals are more arrogant where the Cardinals are like, our prospects are better than any other prospects, so yeah. screw you. We're not trading anybody. We're just going to raise our guys up on corned beef and you know pizza, and they're going to be all-stars, and that's normally not true. But the Grizzlies have yet to be wrong, you know. So we'll see. Uh, the last I'm thing excited. I say about it, the last Boston Celtic that was 29 years old and a product of the Oklahoma State Cowboys and a former Big 12 uh, Player of the Year worked out pretty good in Memphis is all I'll say. I mean, the number nine will forever hang mm. in the rafters of FedEx Forum. First team all defense. On a stupid record. Yeah. And not a jersey. Yeah. That's so dumb. But. It was cool the night they hung it. Like, the first time I saw it, I'm like, that's oh, pretty cool. Nobody even knows what it is. Everybody down exactly. here has tuned us out now because they don't know what we're talking about. But in lieu of hanging Zach Randolph's jersey in the rafters like a normal franchise, they decided to put a plaque of a record and put the number 50 in the middle of it. Yeah. And Drew and I were there. It, it was a cool ceremony. They played well into the night. Two thirds of Three Six Mafia was there. It was a good time, but yeah. the record is a little something. And Three Six Mafia, Marcus Smart wears 36. It's perfect. It's match made in heaven. It's perfect. The last thing I'll say about the Grizz before we talk about it, and I'm sure later when we get to NBA free agency and other trades, shout out to Xavier Tillman, man. The team picked up oh, his option. Yeah. I, we, we're, this is a Xavier Tillman stand podcast, and it, we've always been fans of his. He's just a grinder. You know, you talked about that earlier with Marcus Smart fitting the mold. He X just doesn't suck. He you just know? doesn't suck. And yeah. he gives you big minutes. He's not going to have a gaudy stat line, but you're going to look back at the game and realize, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't be in that if it wasn't for X at those certain moments of the game. He did that right. in the postseason and the regular season. So shout out Xavier Tillman getting his bag and staying with the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. Props to him. It was a no-brainer for the Grizzlies to pick up the team option on what is a peanuts contract. <laughs> so yep, absolutely, uh, an absolute no-brainer for the Grizzlies. But regardless of the scenario, I love rooting for Xavier Tillman, and I hope I get to do it for a long time. Same, absolutely. So 
We got a few more sports topics to get into, but I feel like this is a good natural breaking point before we get into a few other topics to go to our Instagram poll and our Instagram questions. We had a few good ones that came in. Um, (laughs) So the first one is from Cousin Kirk. Those of you who've been listening to the podcast know that he is a regular on the show now uh, and will make appearances from time to time. First one is, why can't diehard collegiate fans go to their own college that they root for for an education instead (laughs) of their rival? (laughs) I've been waiting on that all day. (laughs) So, uh, Kirk, who is basically a brother to me, although we're, we're cousins, is talking about me. Attending Mississippi State University. University. The, <laughs> the answer is quite simple. It's, I'll tell you the backstory. Rusty, I'm sure you've heard this. I told my dad, I'm going to miss, I'm going to be an engineer when I grow up. <laughs> I told him this as a grown adult because I went back <laughs> to college at 23 years old. Post rock star career. Yeah. yeah. So I told my dad, I said, I want to be an engineer. He said, you know, engineers typically go to Mississippi State. And I said, yeah. But I'm going to go tour Ole Miss, and I'm, I got a meeting with the dean of the electrical engineering department. I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to tell him exactly why I want to go here, and, and I'm sure I'll leave convinced. Well, I sat down with the dean of the electrical engineering department at the University of Mississippi after walking by the Ole Miss practice facility and watching the team practice and getting kicked off because they thought I was spying. <laughs> Head over to the engineering department. I sit down with this uh, not-so-charming fellow. Uh, most engineering professors are not charming. And I told him what I wanted to do. I want to work in the power industry for a utility company. And I want to get some on-the-job experience while I'm here. And the dean of the electrical engineering department at the University of Mississippi looked at me and said, you need to go to Mississippi State. (laughs) (laughs) So I called my dad and I said, Dad, I can't go to Ole Miss and have this degree when the dean just told me to go to Mississippi State. So So Drew came to the good side. Yeah, no, I didn't. That's the moral of the story. The moral of the story is people, in times you go through trials, the Lord puts you through trials and tribulations, but as long as you stay true to yourself and to the man who made you, you will come out the other side stronger and you will probably get a college world series title out of it. (laughs) (laughs) You you did. Your alma mater got one. That's for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, uh, it could be. Speaking of the devil, cousin hey. Kirk coming in hot. What's up, buddy? <laughs> oh, he left. Oh, he's in and out. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. He's out uh, keeping the roads safe, and you never know what kind of service you're going to get out there as the Mississippi <laughs> Highway Patrolman. Yeah. So uh, I guess an argument could be made that I brought a college world series to both teams. <laughs> so you're welcome. Thanks, I appreciate that. Just know we got ours first. Yeah, that's fine. We got ours last, and we will have it <laughs> most recently. Hello, hey, Hello. <laughs> what's up? Is this the is this the two buck sports podcast? <laughs> Indeed, it is. <laughs> buckets, I got a little buckets. I got a little ranting I want to do, and if I can't, if if you don't mind, can I have a minute of your time? Listen, Kirk, we were going through your Instagram <laughs> questions, so the floor is yours, sir. Take off. All right, Buckets, I've been riding around for the last few days, and you know what makes me hotter than a jackrabbit on cocaine? What's that? It's these, It's a true blue, red, white, and blue, hotty-totty guy somebody who the hell does Uncle Buck think he is bashing the school that gave him a high-quality education? 
<laughs> people are going Thank to think you. this is scripted. <laughs> Thank you. This is exactly what I was just talking about. The, Mi- the Mississippi State University gave this man a degree in electrical no, engineering. No, no, And hey, hang on now. Hey, that's my show. I'm going to take the floor now. Hang on. I'll let you get yours out in here in a minute. He's not even kind enough to shed some light on the uprising of the programs and the education that Mississippi State has to offer. Makes me so mad I could chew up nails and spit out a barbed wire fence. <laughs> now, Uncle Buck, I don't want you to think I'm just picking on you. So just like a kidney stone and gas, I'm willing to let it pass. But, I mean, my lovely wife is just as guilty. A diehard UT fan her whole life and even did a year of school in that Rocket Top country. But she wised up and came back home to marry the second best looking guy in Kossuth. And that's okay. She goes and gets her a high-quality education from the Mississippi State University on the scream Rocky Top on Saturdays. Mm. Just makes about as much sense as pulling a cattle trailer with a Miata. I mean, what do you think of that? I couldn't agree with you more, man. I, You know, I saw these cats when I was at Mississippi State, just like Uncle Buck, wearing the other school colors, man. But, uh, you know, once you go there, you're supposed to bleed maroon and white. You're supposed to believe Maroon right. Now, I get it. Everybody's, I mean, everybody's got their fair day, and everybody's got the right to cheer for whoever. But, I mean, at least do some recruiting. Build up the program. Make it, make it, you know, give it that gumption. You know, the, uh, in 1940s, I'd hate for the for the Jews to go through concentration camp and for everybody to come out thinking they ought to be Nazis. No, we went through there. We got through it, came out the other side, and we're on to live our life the way the good Lord intended. Now I might have just I might have I might have misheard this, but did did I just hear you compare Mississippi State University to Germany? You did. Yes, not to good Germany. Good gosh. Mm. Good gosh. <laughs> but that you know, about right. Not to them. Just, for that, there, comment, just for that comment right there. I'm glad y'all didn't make it no super regionals. Just for that <laughs> comment right there. I am perfectly happy with that. They can, they can go down there and swim at the bottom of the barrel. And I've never wanted to be a fish in my whole life, but I'm glad y'all are swimming down there at the bottom of the barrel. I that say, kind of comment makes me glad he is not rooting for our esteemed university there, Cousin Kurt. Kurt, uh, Rusty, Kurt, listen. Just a year before I went to Mississippi State University, two students defected, the United two Mississippi State students defected from the United States to join ISIS. I don't think it's a stretch. <laughs> oh no, that was no, that was see, that was that was all that was all planned. That was just conspiracy, like the grassy knoll. That was just planned. That wasn't that wasn't real. Don't hey, I've that. just got one question for you, Kirk. You Let's said go that, ahead uh, you you said that Jessica married the second best looking man in Cosmo, Mississippi. Who's number one? Is it me or Rusty? Oh, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be Big Rob Gibson. <laughs> that's gonna be big. That's gonna be big Rob, the one I get my looks from and my bill from. That that big old Rob Gibson. Which, yeah. uh, by the way, Drew, I I know you were back home. I know you were back home this past weekend. How'd you like that uh that fresh air and that that good smell around the uh, around the pool at uh yeah. at your mom and daddy's house? You ever seen the movie Radio <laughs> with Cuba Gooden Jr. Oh yeah. When he's on the sideline and he keeps yelling. Chicken ish, chicken ish, chicken ish. That's what I was doing in my front yard because uh, Rob cleaned out his chicken house and dumped all the manure right in our front yard in the pasture and started spreading it this weekend as I was at home. So I was just oh, going yeah. kicking Rob we, in the front yard, going chicken ish, chicken ish, chicken ish. Oh, we've we've been spreading it too, and it's done had that good rain on top of it. So once you oh. dig in it with the book of the tractor. It's just that muddy, crushed, just nasty, nasty. And there's nothing that smells worse than ch- fresh chicken scat, I tell you that. Well, I debate what Ole Miss fans think pretty bad. <laughs> oh, good call, good call, good call. 
I'm telling you what, there's no group of people that smell worse right now than an LSU fan after the bender that they've been on since Monday night. <laughs> oh, Especially boy, after you know, consuming oh, you, 64,000 jello shots in the course of a week, man, or two weeks. It's just wild. Yeah. Oh, man, you know they're tearing down Baton Rouge right now like crazy. <laughs> yeah, they've got a pretty Shoot unpleasant them. smell just as they're – their base setting, you know, it's, it's old it's, corn dogs. Yeah, it's it's gonna be bad right now. Corn dogs, well, I mean, natural light. Well, I mean, we're not dealing with top brass here. I mean, they all invested <laughs> in property that was two feet below below sea level. I mean, so we're not dealing with the smartest ones of the bunch here. I'm just kidding. There's probably some good people down there at LSU. I just never met them. Right. <laughs> I've never seen them on TV. Uh, nothing. That's the one thing the three of us can agree on is that uh, is our disdain for the LSU faithful. Hey, can we all pour one out right now? Kirk, I don't know if you're at home or on the road, but if you've got something cold in your hand, just hang, hold it up in the air, and let's all just cheers to the failures of Arkansas. Yes, we can all agree <laughs> on that. <laughs> here's, to a, uh, here's to a second participation ring coming their way next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So. Well, 10 four good buddies. I just gonna chime in and give my little rant. Y'all be <laughs> careful. Stay safe. Tip your waitresses and don't go home with strippers named Cheryl. <laughs> 10 four good buddy. <laughs> we'll see y'all. Thanks, Cut Kirk. See you, buddy. <laughs> I, I told you, Rusty. Every once in a while, I just like to drop him a link and tell him like, just surprise us. Love it, man. I'm here so. for it. That's our best segment. The musings of a Mississippi Highway Patrolman. I am here for it. Kurt, we appreciate your service to our great state, the greatest state in the land, what you do out there for us, man. Appreciate you, buddy. Moving right along with some of his other thoughts. I got two for you that deal with cell phones, Drew, and I'm going to throw them at you back to back, let you see what you think. Okay. First one. Why is are, it? What are my thoughts on TikTok? Because I could go for an hour. No, it ain't TikTok. Okay. It's uh, Apple and Samsung. So the first okay. one is, why aren't iPhone chargers called Apple juice. And the second one, if you work security at a Samsung store, does that make you a guardian of the galaxy? What does Samsung have to do with the galaxy? Their phones are Samsung. Oh, galaxy. okay. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. I was like, Samsung ain't a planet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. You've been working since Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Apple juice is funny. You know, I, I like, uh, you know, like much like I call myself a Power Ranger, uh, getting some apple juice is something I may start using from time to I might time. steal that. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of a stretch for me. A little bit, yeah. How, how, often, how often you, you, they give these Galaxy phones away and Happy Meals these days. They don't need security. <laughs> no, no, they're trying to get everybody to get one. And, and nobody likes the green text in the group chat. And there's some in my golf group chat and other ones. Nobody, don't be that green bubble, man. Don't be that guy. I always laugh at the iPhone commercials versus the Samsung commercials, like the AT&T. They're like, trade in any new iPhone uh, for the newest iPhone on a three-year payment plan and then for then the at&t will be like or you can get a samsung galaxy bring in your samsung from 19 and 46 and we'll give you seven free phones yeah absolutely <laughs> okay are these really worth anything <laughs> so yep all right so the next couple are from taylor who is obviously influenced by her brother um the first one is lebron james is the goat not accurate that's not a question that's a maybe. statement and it's a fallacy. It's inaccurate. It's, it's a maybe. Until I hate I hate it when people say like give definites on this. 
Like there is, you you can compare LeBron and Giannis. You can mm-hmm. compare LeBron and Kobe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. just, it's too different. And I'm not. This is not skipping Shannon R.I.P. or skipping Stephen A. R.I.P. But I I cannot just sit here and have a logical argument and take one side or the other. Uh, well, I can, and we'll save that maybe for a future episode. But I saw something on Twitter the other day that said, until somebody robs you for a pair of LeBrons, don't come at me about him being the GOAT. Oh, so it's about shoes now? It's the number one shoe in the world. I mean, you, you think about Jordan for that, and then there's stats okay. to back it up. Well, we'll I'll tell you what, in our debate for LeBron versus Jordan, why don't you start with the point that Jordan sells more shoes and make that about his basketball career? We could do that. I mean, you could, but it's still a fashion accessory, and it's not on the court basketball. It's a starter because he was the first basketball player to ever be compensated for and his. That's name why it's shoot. popular. It was the first mm-hmm. because he was the greatest. But anyway, if Kareem uh, Abdul-Jabbar would have come out with the first signature shoe, Kareem's would be the best-selling shoe of all time. Maybe Jordan shoes are just sexy too. I've got a pair. They're great. Yeah, I love and Kareem they're, they're wore shoes. white. Skechers, so Converse. I mean, nobody would have bought them. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, shout out if you haven't seen the movie Air on Amazon Prime, it's check great. it out. It's great, great movie yep. about the just the whole idea behind it. Jordan's mom is the actual goat because she's the one to set a lot of this up without giving too much away. It's a great movie. Check it out, Amazon Prime, both free. Great movie. Yeah, I've given this suggestion on this here podcast before, so now you're going to get it from both of us. Watch yeah. the movie. Great movie. Um, the other one, and I this just this makes me angry. Is this Taylor again? Yeah, it's Bowen is what it is. Bowen Epperson is what it is. All right. Is Taylor in the in the apartment with you right now? No. Okay, good. Because she, she might hear some words. Yeah. This one, this one actually makes me very angry. Marcus Smart's best years are behind him. He is becoming a defensive liability. So there's some nerds run sports and nerds run sports media. Most importantly, uh, there are probably some numbers out there, and I've seen a few of them, so there's no, not probably. But there are numbers that say that he declined this year versus his DPOY year last year, to which I say, okay, fine. He's not flawless. The DPOY award last year was widely contested. It was not a runaway like in years past. And so the splitting of a lot of votes probably helped Marcus Spahn. But don't for a minute call him a liability. Absolutely not. I'm, I'm a realist. I'll say it like it is when it, or how I feel re- regarding the Grizzlies, regardless of how much I love them. I'll try to be honest. He's a good defender. He's a really good defender. He is 6'4 or 6'3. He's not going to guard fours very well. He's not going to guard wings, big wings, very well. But he will be a good to really good on-ball defender. And he, off-ball, is one of the biggest pests in passing lanes that there is in the NBA. He's an impact defender. I I don't care about your analytics. Watch the game. I'm reading a book right now. Quick shout out, Thinking 101. Uh, it's a book written by a Yale psychology professor. It's just about improving your thinking Good about different Lord. things in life. And one of the chapters. Sounds boring. 
it, it it's dry at times, but it's actually really thought. <laughs> oh, you tell me a psychology book is dry? Right. But pun intended, it's thought provoking. And one of the chapters is all about the regression to the mean. Yeah. And so, you know, she talks about the, cur- the, the curse of Sports Illustrated, right? Tom Brady had won a couple Super Bowls. He was in, in his prime and he had a bad year after being on the cover of Sports Illustrated. She cited another example. Maybe the DPOI was just that one, like, really, really great year. And even though Marcus Smart is not at that level, he's still at a really good level. But it's like, oh, well, he won the defense DPOI two years ago, and he wasn't the same last year. Cool. He played at a really, really high level two years ago, maybe benefited from some vote splitting. Maybe it was just a really, really great year. He's still a great defender. He just may not have been at that DPOI level because there were guys like Jaron Jackson Jr. who had a monster year. Right. I mean, it's. It's a no-brainer. I don't, you're nitpicking. Exactly. And two, it's like saying, well, you know, if uh, if the Nuggets don't win the championship next year and repeat, then they're not good anymore, and right. this is the decline. Like, no, I mean, what to win an individual award? The any awards you get that is goes to one person in the whole NBA is impressive and should never, ever, ever, ever be expected. Right. How many hundreds of guys are vying for the DPOI and a six foot three guard in Boston won it? Right. And so it's an amazing accomplishment. And it just it's a feather in the cap. I mean, it's not you don't take it to the bank. If Market Smart is an slightly above average defender next year, fine. He's still a great locker room guy. He's still an elite backup point guard if that's all he turns out to be he will be the best backup point guard we have yeah and you got him for nothing in my opinion so miss me with that defensive liability mess we're moving on i'm mad about that uh next uh my buddy jake up in boston good friend of mine golf buddy uh reached out and said would love to hear y'all's opinion i think this is interesting on how las vegas went from a nothing sports down to what it is today Oh, I think it was the legalization of sports betting on a wide scale. Uh, And I don't, and I think that's what put it over the edge is Mm -hmm. this, is the uh, sports leagues themselves becoming active in the gambling industry and getting title sponsors from Caesars or MGM or whatever their, their casino of choice is that, that was probably what pushed it over the edge and made them be aggressors in getting teams there. Mm-hmm. But it's always been a hub for entertainment, and it mm-hmm. should have always had teams there anyways. They should have had one years ago. You're absolutely right. But instead of – like sports gambling was always that uncle or that cousin that nobody talked about that was over in the corner of the room. And now that it's starting to get more mainstream and more people involved, you got great organizations like DraftKings and Penn and and all these other daily force uh, – daily fantasy sports, all these other options to bet on sports that are coming into the mainstream media. It's now accepted. So they're getting teams, but I agree. They should have had one years ago. It's a great entertainment city. It's going to be a great sports hub. Once they get the Oakland athletics there, they've got the Knights who played for a, uh, uh, the Stanley cup this year, won a Stanley cup this year. And then the Raiders are there. The A's are coming. There's a really, really good chance. They're going to get an NBA team in the not so distant future. It's becoming a great sports town, and it should have been all along to go along with all the other entertainment they already have. Yeah, it's absolutely right. And, you know, like you said, 
go growing up in high school and even our and while we were in college sports betting was done with the guy around the corner that real you, know, hush. you you called him by a nickname and mm. he had his burner phone and a sack full of cash and he did his own lines you know that was sports betting now sports betting is quote uh, for lack of a better word cool it's welcomed mm-hmm. it's it is a way for sports leagues to gain more fans because you know as well as I do uh, playing fantasy football uh, and take it to the nth degree with actually gambling. <laughs> Stop pointing, pointing those of you listening, I'm pointing to my uh, fantasy football trophy from the 2022 uh, NFL season that Fat Drunk Thor won last year. Yeah, so uh, what I learned in fantasy football is that if there's stakes, if I feel like I've got personal stake in it, I care so much more about it. I used to think college football was superior, and I loved watching college football. Fantasy football has put Sundays right up there with Saturdays with me because of the risk involved and the the skin I've got in the game. You take that to the nth degree when you're actually talking money. Money. And so you can make a college basketball game between Montana State and South Dakota State very gut-wrenching if you put a $20 bill on the line. 100%. And I cannot wait for it to be legal in South Carolina. I know it's coming. It's going to make things much more interesting. It'll make me interested in the Blue Jays and the Yankees in a way that I never have been before. Oh, I would never bet on the the MLB. Never. Yeah. But it'll make those games interesting if you choose to bet on those. And so I'm excited about what that future holds. And teams in Las Vegas are only going to make that better. It's only going to get better. You know, I hope the athletics, we've talked about this on this podcast, just I hope they take it serious and and really start trying to inject some money into their their payroll and their players. Not that that really helps because the Mets are doing terrible this year with the highest payroll in the in professional baseball. But I hope they take it serious. I hope they do get an in, uh, um, NBA franchise and not for the reasons we detailed last week where I hope to have some more sleep watching the Memphis Grizzlies in the Eastern Conference. But I think it would be just great for sports in general for Vegas to be competitive in all of the major sports leagues. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go that far. I don't know that, that the sports team itself will – will be great i mean you're already vegas is vegas and vegas is a draw regardless i think it makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. uh but i don't think putting a team in vegas boosts the nba you know i I think it will i think it boosts the nba for owners because it it, the property value goes up you know when sports betting is going to go up because you got a team there i think it's going to help in a lot of ways and we've already got there's a pga event there's a nascar race out there now like it's becoming Formula more One's going to have a race one. there. Absolutely, there's a there's you know there's races in the desert. There's a lot of things going on out there from a sports perspective, and adding more teams that's only going to make it better. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I think we just well we, we I may not be as gung ho as on the impact it has on say me as a Grizzlies fan, but I digress. I'll I'll. I'll give I it think to it's you good for one. sports in a whole, maybe not okay. impacting Fair. us in our little circles, but it's good for sports as a whole. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then his last comment, Jake's last comment, and I think we'll get to this in all of our episodes coming up. Uh, he wants us to cover everything from football to hockey to Formula One to hosting WNBA All-Star Games. And so <laughs> we've got a lot right, of topics Rusty, to cover. So trivia question, do you know what tonight is? Uh, it's past my bedtime. It's 11 o'clock, June 28th. No, but like, what significant in sports is happening right now? I got nothing. You have no idea. And you call yourself oh, a 
the NHL, the hockey draft's going on tonight. Yeah. So who was the first pick? Oh, I and saw what this. team? The Blackhawks took him. him. He's a okay. center. Um, uh, Connor uh, McRae. Close. Bedard. Ah. <laughs> so so I saw a funny video today. So there was a. Uh, uh, the the uh, draft was in is in Nashville, mm-hmm. and there was this guy. I'm assuming he's a in uh, a big NHL fan from Nashville, and he was doing one of those little videos where you go up and you find strangers on the street and you ask them questions about the uh, NHL or whatever events going on. And you're he's in Nashville, so he's assuming all these you know bachelorette party goers <laughs> don't know much. Well, mm-hmm. he. He stops this guy who's just in a t-shirt and a backwards cap, young, fit-ish looking guy, and he proceeds to say, well, how much do you know about hockey? You know, and he said, well, I know a fair amount. He said, name, I'm going to give you 20 seconds. Name as many hockey players as you can. And he just starts rolling them off. Just rolling off. I mean, for the last 20 years. I, names, I don't know, but that don't even say much. <laughs> uh, you know, he started off like, oh, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux. And then he starts off just deep cuts, apparently. <laughs> and the guy was like, wow, you know a lot of guys. And he's like, yeah, I'm a big Blackhawks fan. Like, oh, cool. Um, well, do you think that the NHL rigged the draft lottery to give the Chicago Blackhawks the first pick of the draft? Any lottery just, is going to be rigged like yeah, that. Yeah. And he just looked at him. He said, no. So well, you said that pretty confident. And he was just like, kind of shrugged him off. It was the general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was all kind of tug-of-cheek with it for a little while, and he's kind of going, and then he asked him, do you think the NHL rigged the, the draft lottery to give the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> someone pick? And he immediately just looked at him dead face, and said, no. Because <laughs> he had to. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. so, he uh, had no choice. I'll, uh, Rusty, from the Two Bucks Twitter account, retweet that when you get a chance. Uh, I'll have to find it. But oh, uh, yeah, I can we'll, we'll put that on the account. It's really funny. It's, That's really it's two big content videos that happened in the city of Nashville within the last couple of months. That was just A+. plus. The Titans schedule yes. release will go forever go down as the greatest NFL schedule release of all time. Right. If you haven't seen it, we'll retweet it as well. I'm, if you had me living on a rock, did not seen it somewhere. But it's just great. They pulled these random citizens on the streets of Nashville to tell us, who are these NFL logos of? And some of the answers are incredible. Incredible. Yeah. My favorite is they show the Jaguars one girl. She's like, that's not real. That's a fake. That's, <laughs> that's a not fake a real team. <laughs> <laughs> but Jake, as requested, we're going to cover a couple of sports before we dive into what was a phenomenal college world series. And I can't wait to talk about that for a little bit. Um, Lionel Messi Leon, uh, is going to be Messi is going to be a U.S. soccer player. I think that's a big sports thing we didn't really get to last week. Size so leaving uh, overseas. Inter- uh, he was at uh, what, what was he? Uh, Paris Saint Germain in yep. uh, uh, Italy. Well, now he's going to be at FC Miami. He is tra- taking his talents to South Beach and going to play for the FC the football club in Miami in the in- U.S. Inter- soccer Miami. Yeah. yeah. So, MLS man. This is huge for like soccer fans and i feel like especially i'm starting to feel like i may be in the i'm in the majority but the majority is not as big as it once was when it comes to soccer non-fans you know not soccer fans because 
Uh, that was a very confusing way of putting it. But basically, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> we got there, but it took a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, soccer fans in the U.S. are growing. They're still in the minority, but they're growing. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, this is huge for them. I mean, you're talking about arguably the second best footballer of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a Jordan, you know, LeBron debate, you know, when you're talking Messi versus Ronaldo versus, you know, whoever. LA or whoever. Yeah. And so he is one of the all-time greats. He just captured the only thing that has avoided him his whole career with a World Cup that he won for Argentina. For Argentina. And right off of that, he's going to come play at Inter Miami, a team that's owned by uh, David Beckham. Mm-hmm. And it's it's going to be fun. I mean, I don't know. It, it's the biggest possible way you can move the needle for the MLS. 100%. It's like saying, oh, I've got a startup business. Uh, let's go hire Elon Musk. That'd be you like know? Tom Brady going to play in the XFL. Like, right. It's a huge move across uh, divisions, across leagues, to one that really doesn't like. I mean, MLS is growing in the United States, but like you said, the majority of people in the United States don't care about football, soccer. Right. They care about the other, the you know, American League, real football. But uh, this is a huge step in the direction of growing the MLS, getting one of the game's biggest stars of all time to play on an MLS club. Yeah, and what I found about soccer fans. Uh, that I've found to be true in my limited experience is that they're all arrogant and they don't, they're like, Oh, well, you know, England has better soccer and Germany has better soccer and La Liga is better and whatever. And so, uh, he's washed. That's why he's going to MLS. That's why anybody, that's why Zlatan Ibrahimovic went to the MLS. And that's why David Beckham went to the MLS. It's because they're washed. And to those people, I just want to say, so? He's freaking Lionel Messi. He, as a washed, however old he is, if you want to say he's washed, I don't believe he is. He just won a freaking World Cup. So if you want to say, right. he, if you want to say he's washed to cope with the breakup, that's fine. But as yeah. an American who, and they're trying to really start to push forward the MLS and grow the MLS. You could not have done it any better than to get Lionel Messi. And yep. they pulled out all these stops. <laughs> he gets a cut of every single Apple TV subscriber that, that subscribes after the time that it was announced that he was coming to the MLS. Because right. Apple TV is the main streaming platform for the MLS. And so he said, fine, uh, if you're going to air my games on Apple TV, then I want a cut of every new subscriber you get because of me. And he is going to have so much money. Yeah, not that he doesn't already. Hundreds of millions in contracts. But now, like, great, 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 great grandkids that he'll never meet will be set up because of this deal. <laughs> it's like saying, okay, uh, the Grizzlies won't – to go get um who's the big name free agent draymond green okay you want to go get draymond green but draymond green says fine i want 
$50 from every Bally Sports subscriber yeah. <laughs> for the local, the regional sports broadcast for the Grizzlies. Like, right. That's unheard of. It's like Michael Jordan saying, I want a cut of every shoe that's got my name on it. I mean, it's yeah, a new cut. That's his edge. shoe. Yeah. Lionel a- Messi owns steak in Apple. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, a lot more than crazy. I do. I've got some, but not as much as he has all of a sudden. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah. What, yeah. What? So if if somebody wanted to be to buy us a buy our podcast for exclusive rights, uh how much would we charge per like on a zero to a hundred percent? Like, all right, so for every new subscriber that you get, I want 33% of it. Mm-hmm. We'll split a third of the revenue that we bring to Spotify, which yeah. will soon make Rival Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan feel like nothing. Absolutely. Uh, Joe who? That yeah. UFC guy? Yeah. <laughs> the Fear move Factor over, guy? <laughs> move over Fear Factor. The two bucks are here. That's right. <laughs> so, okay. What yeah, else? But, you- <laughs> yeah. Point made. Congratulations, Messi and Inter Miami. Uh, big win for them. Um, I wish I could have gotten some ticket season tickets to Inter Miami before a, a week before that happened. <laughs> oh my gosh, those things are gonna be stupid expensive now. Oh yeah, I mean they were like the worst team in the MLS last year, I think, or it's what I've heard. Anyway, Not I didn't anymore. Like <laughs> you know, so you could probably went from being like, oh. You know, getting into a Wizards game, you know, you could go in for five dollars and sit baseline. To now, you're scraping up all the change in your couch to get in the arena. I honestly think a, a like a good comparison would be the Cam Newton sweepstakes when he was coming out of Florida, went to junior college, like whatever SET team got him, whether it was Mississippi State or ultimately Auburn or whoever got him, was going to be a contender because of right. who Cam Newton was. And now that's this the soccer team, this football club in Miami. Right. So that's enough soccer talk. Yeah. So moving on, uh, back to the sports that matters. Did you see Shohei Otani's stat line oh, last my night? I meant to bring this up in our last podcast, and I it just slipped my mind. Uh, just talking about how great he's been. Like he's yeah. leading the in, in the MLB in strikeouts as a pitcher, and home or he's second in the MLB in strikeouts as a pitcher, and first in home runs. Matt Olson's he right on his heels from Atlanta and home runs, but just another level, man. And then last night, he was the first player since the year of our Lord, 1936, before color television, before reliable car transportations. Before the Great War. Yeah. To <laughs> go second. to have 10 strikeouts and two home runs in the same game. It, it's filthy. It's stupid. It's just dumb. Did you, you know, see the tweet that was making its rounds today? Where in 2000 and what? The Mets fan in 2012. 2012, so 13 years ago, he said, uh, y'all need to go look at this 18-year-old kid in Japan. He's throwing 100 miles an hour. You should go sign him right now and tag the does. Mets owner. <laughs> Before somebody else does. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just a generational talent. Guy's just unbelievable and humble and funny and just seems like, in all intents and purposes, a good dude. Probably going to be a Dodger before it's all said and done, which I hate. I wish he needs some... to be on the East Coast. He needs to come come to Chicago, man. It's a great it's a great place to play baseball. Yeah, you can go be average there too. Uh, yeah, he's another one of those no, guys. He's not when average. He comes in, that team's gonna get a lot better. Yeah, like the Angels, they've got freaking Mike Trout 
and Shohei Otani. I was watching uh, the, the uh, Mookie Betts and Mike Trout were on a podcast not long ago, and I saw a clip of it today, and they were interviewing Mookie and 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 Mike, and he said, you know, Mike came up to me before the USA games this past year, before you know, right before the season started, and said, "Is this what a playoff atmosphere feels like?" <laughs> and it's like Mike Trout is a ten-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glove, seven-time Silver Slugger, whatever it is, three-time MVP. And has never played in a playoff game. It's stupid. That's just wild to me, man. He is one of the greatest baseball players of all time, definitely of our generation, and has never played in a single playoff game. I love those tweets talking about Trout and Shohei and most time how it's in a loss. <laughs> yeah. like it was, last night, it was the first time I've seen it where they won, where it was like Shohei Otani struck out 10 people and had two home runs. Mike Trout did this, and the Angels won 4-2. to two. <laughs> like, <laughs> incredible but speaking of that man speaking of baseball we had one of the best college world series outside of our teams winning it in a long time and it was funny speaking of that we'll get kind of in the ins and outs of it but carl carl ravage on the call after lsu won the national championship or i think it may have been during that third game said have you ever seen the stadium so one-sided with fans like LSU is right now, and Kyle Peterson, without missing a beat, said, yeah, Mississippi State and Ole Miss was. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was there last year. That stadium holds 26,000 people. There was no less than 23,000 Ole Miss fans there. That's exactly how it was for State. State. That's exactly how it was this year for Ole Miss, or for LSU. It was like Vault Hemingway Stadium in there, and not and – not, Matt Luke bought Hemingway Stadium. Like <laughs> like 2015 bought Hemingway. Chad Kelly bought Hemingway Stadium in there. <laughs> but we had some of the greatest baseball games. We had some of the wildest finishes. Even in the College World Series. Not 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 the finals. Like yeah, leading up to it. Yeah. The first game, game one of the finals was a phenomenal game. You had the, the Cajun yeah. Bambino hitting a home run in the eleventh to win the game and Beloso. But then Sunday came and Florida Put up. I sent you the stat. What a wild stat, right? Florida scored more runs in their baseball game against LSU on Sunday than they have in 44 or 43 of their 66 all-time matchups in football. They scored more runs in a baseball game than they did 43 times against Louisiana State University in football on Sunday when they won 24-3, only to turn around and lose on Monday 18 to four to the same Florida Gators on Monday night to win the national championship. What a wild turn of events Sunday, Monday was. Yeah. So I can put this in a little perspective First, Let's just, you're right. The college world series all the way up until the finals. And even the first game of the finals was electric. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, the most lopsided game was probably when TCU put out oil Roberts. Six you know, nine, and they just, yeah. just six to one, six to one, and they just kind of fizzled. But every game was walk off or late, late inning lead changes or comebacks. I mean, it was that incredible. Game, and when Tennessee lost by three runs, were the largest margin of victory leading up to game two of the finals. Yeah, and so, and then you, the penultimate game, the the game to decide it all on the last side of the bracket, Wake Forest and LSU. You had Paul Skeens versus um shoot i'm blanking on his name rusty wake Jack forest Caglione picture. and and, and no, Paul no wake forest picture oh, wake oh, forest oh, picture. Uh, rhett louder rhett louder rhett louder versus paul Skeens. 
went 11 at 0 0. It was game. the fastest, most intense non Ole Miss baseball game I've ever watched. It was, I mean, it was, I was epic television. I was on the edge of my seat breathing yeah. heavy, and I had no dog in the hunt whatsoever. Right. And so that goes into the 11th inning, and Tommy White walks it off, and just you see the sheer defeat in the pitcher who came in to throw one pitch and give up the walk-off. Tommy Tanks. And Tommy Tanks, you know, just – It was, it was great. City just bombed and won the game. Right. And so uh, that leads us to the World Series finals. And like Rusty said, uh, Florida came back, won game one by one run. It was great. And then you had the opportunity to win it. And so this was the same schedule that Ole Miss had last year. So you play Saturday night, 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock local time. You have an intense game. You win it. And then you play a matinee on Saturday. And so if you don't win that second game, you have to think about what happened from 6.30 Saturday, a full 24 hours to Sunday. And LSU got worked that second game. And I thought it was over for that very reason. Me and my dad, uh, Ole Miss wins game one. In game two, I was like, we really need to win this because we're going to get everybody there. 23,000 Ole Miss fans that are there are going to be so nervous for 24 hours leading up to a winner-take-all game three that it – We've been in this before. We know we're all going to be expecting to lose when you have to wait that long and everything is in the balance. You need to win this one. And so when LSU went out there and just got worked, 20, what was it, 24 to 2? 3. 24 to 3. And to respond like that in a winner-take-all game after you just got beat by uh, three touchdowns and a two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. It was impressive. Yeah. And to do it against Jack Caglione, who's one of their better pitchers, he's he's not their best. Hurston and he's Walter, been really better. bad lately. He did not have a great college World Series. Now, he hit the league leading or the uh, NCAA leading 31st, 32nd home run of the year this in the last game. He's, he's His back came on, but he was he coming into that at bat. He was like three for 30 at Omaha, yeah. just had not had a great tournament. Yeah, in game one, or game two, rather. He had two home runs mm-hmm. in what turned out to be meaningless stats. Yeah. But, boy, he was wild, and he could not find the zone. No. I think he made it an inning and a third or something like and that. And they waited the too long. Three. He loaded the bases up before they finally pulled him. At that point, it was too late. And it was sad that a what a, what was a great college World Series, I mean, it was decided by the fourth inning that LSU was going to be the national champ. Yeah, I mean, as it's been said on this podcast, I was extremely preoccupied, and I would check the score, envious of the people who were able to watch it. This is this is it. This is what we've all been working towards, and it was kind of like the Grizzlies in Game 6 against the Lakers, where you lose by 40, you get to go to bed early and kind of mm-hmm. get an early start to getting hyped for next season. You know, That's it. It's officially football season now, because that's the next thing coming up, is we get college football coming up next, so... It was kind of a sad ending to it, and and Jay Johnson made some interesting comments. I want to get your thoughts on afterwards. You know, 
used to is always about like you got to win the state, recruiting the state. If you grow up in LSU, you play baseball at it, Louisiana, you play baseball at LSU. You grow up in Mississippi, you go to state, Ole Miss, whatever. Jay Johnson said a little bit different message after the game. He said, hey, look to my right here, sitting next to Tommy White. He said, if you're in the transfer portal out there and you're looking for a place to come play baseball and win national championships, this is where you want to go. And yeah, I thought I mean, that was interesting. The, you know that was orchestrated. He was sitting on a podium with three players. It was uh, Tommy Tanks, it was Thatcher Hurd, mm-hmm. and it was Paul Skeens. Paul mm-hmm. Skeens transferred this year from Air Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Tanks transferred last year from NC State, and Thatcher Hurd, their best reliever and probably their best second best pitcher mm-hmm. in the in the College World Series, is a transfer from from UCLA. Outside of Riley, uh, Riley Cooper, that that unit was slinging it in the finals. But anyway. Yeah, but he got a lot more innings. Uh, yeah. uh, anyways, um, that can be debated. But, you know, we both, we're allowed to have differing opinions. Sure. Uh, you can be wrong. Uh, <laughs> but, but he got up there. It was perfectly orchestrated where you get your three transfers. You sit down with your brand new wooden hardware that says national champions on it, college world series champions with your college world series MVP and your two other key players that are both transfers and say, Hey, look what we can do with transfers. Yeah. You're telling me he's not picking off the top of the pile for transfers from here on out. He's been doing it anyways, but it's Nick Saban picking the best high school recruits. He's just, skimming the top of the transfer portal. And it's just an interesting message that you wouldn't have heard three years ago. Obviously a lot of has changed in the, in the landscapes, you know, in the last couple of years with the transfer portal, having less restrictions, whatnot. It was just an interesting comment. One that I'd never really heard before in that position. And I just, I was kind of like, I mean, yeah, they, they won a national championship on the backs of, but then again, like six of their nine starters were from old mayor from uh, Louisiana but their key contributors, a lot of them were those transfer kids. And it's just well, an it's interesting new difference. message. It's the difference of last year getting put out in, this, in the regionals against Southern Miss versus this year winning in the whole thing. Yeah. That was yeah, it. Yeah, made all the difference. Yeah, it was the transfers. Mm-hmm. Now, Tommy Tanks was there last year, but the other two pitchers weren't. And if you could win every single Friday night because you've got Paul Skeens, it's not that hard to win another one. You, yeah, and you got now you got the first – then second pick in the MLB draft next month, and Dylan Cruz, who's one of the best college baseball players of our lifetime, the and then you got this Paul year. Skeens. Yeah, this year won the Golden Spites Award, and you have Paul Skeens, who's now probably going to be the number one overall pick, who uh, against Tulane uh, in the regionals pitched 126 com- pitch complete game and pitched 126 was a 102 mile an hour fastball to win the game. Right. So it was just an interesting comment. The Pittsburgh Pirates have the first pick of the draft, and I don't think you go. I don't think whoever's picking second is going to have the opportunity to pick Paul Skeens. No, he, he will not. He strikes me. He's got the command and the the what's the word I'm looking for? He's the got the dynamics, yep. the command, the velocity, everything the you want for somebody who you expect to like Ben Joyce had last year. Yep. He's going to be in the major leagues in at most a year and a half. Just like Strasburg, just like Ben Joyce, he will spend at most a year, if not see some some late action this this next season. But for sure, opening day of the next, he will be pitching for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, yeah, 100%. Um, but, hey, listen, I don't make the rules, but LSU, 
You won this year. You got to finish last in the SEC next hey. year. I'm sorry, but dim the rules. I don't make them. Dim's the rules. That's. I don't know how you're going to get there. It would seem more obvious on how Ole Miss and Mississippi State was going to be there. Right. But they're rules, you know. We don't make them. You just got to live by them. Yeah. So welcome to the gutter. Uh, Mississippi State will probably get to move up to the 12th seed in the SEC tournament. Uh, we'll probably at least we'll be 13. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, but, yeah, great wrap-up of the College World Series. Last couple topics I want to get to, unless you got anything else about the College World Series. Uh, we can talk about the uh, electrical grid. That's what I've been thinking about for the last. Yeah, we ain't talking about that. Ninety-six if, if our listeners have made it this far, I don't want to put them to sleep <laughs> with that. Uh, but if you don't like college baseball, you're wrong. Make sure you tune in next year. Pick your alma mater. Root for them next year. Enjoy what is a, one of the most electric and be- best atmospheres in all sports in college baseball. But last two things. One kind of happy. One pretty sad. We'll lead off with a sad one. End on a happy note, man. R.I.P. Ryan Mallett. What a sad story out of the Gulf Coast this weekend where former Arkansas and New England Patriot quarterback who was a phenom there for a couple years with Arkansas in 2011 before going to the Patriots and was a local high school coach there in Arkansas giving back. Um, Unfortunately, drowned this weekend uh, with some of the rip currents going on on the Gulf Coast. So, Drew, I don't know about you, but I vividly remember watching those long legs run down the sideline, making these monster throws winning games for Arkansas in that year that there were three SEC West teams in the top 10 uh, before ultimately losing to to, uh, Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. But RIP Ryan Mallett, 35 years old. What a sad story that came out of the Gulf Coast this weekend. Yeah, Ryan Mallett was always known for having just the biggest arm cannon of all time. Mm -hmm. He sat in the pocket and he just chucked it deep, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Growing up, there was nothing more furious than uh, what was his name? Um, Matt Jones. Matt Jones. He was the running Arkansas. quarterback. Yeah, who was about six six and just glided. Uh, Ryan Mallett was a sit in the pocket. And he's gonna chuck it deep. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he had a, a cup of coffee in the NFL as a backup for Tom Brady for a little bit and kind of bounced around. But he went way too soon, and it sucks when it's something like that, which seems avoidable, but regardless, it's way too soon. Yeah. Be careful at the beach folks. I know we went last year or in April and there were double red flags all week where we were there and it was so frustrating, but it's not, it's not worth, you know, getting caught up in something like that. And so be safe. RIP to Ryan Mallett. Um, just just sad man just sad man but rp arcadillas to him and his family um just hate that it went out that way but we'll wrap up the nba free agency starts this weekend on uh friday we've talked about it a little bit already there was one trade we didn't get to and that was the uh chris paul to the golden state warriors he is now was a Washington Wizard for a very brief time. They brought in Tyus Jones, didn't have a need for CP3 anymore because they got such a great point guard in <laughs> Tyus Jones, so they shipped him out west. And the funniest part of that trade was Washington got Jordan Poole back, but the only way they'd take him is if they included a first-round pick with Jordan Poole to offset that bad contract he's under for a bad player. Yeah, it was very – listen – I'm very much a proponent of if you make a mistake, 
don't make another mistake trying to fix the mistake. Don't mm-hmm. don't try to save face by trying to make it work so hard. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. Um, back in the day, I can't remember. Was it Steve Mariucci, the the old coach for the uh, Detroit Lions? Steve Mariucci, yeah. Yeah. So Steve Mariucci drafted Chad Pennington. No. No. Uh, the guy from Oregon. Who am I thinking of? Uh, Joey Harrison. Joe, Joey Harrington. Harrington. And uh, Joey Harrington, they drafted him, I don't know, number one pick, top pick, whatever. The next year, they drafted a wide receiver in the top five or ten picks. They suck again. They draft another wide receiver. They suck again. They draft another wide receiver. They suck again. And what Steve Mariucci came out and said was, we kept trying to fix the Joey Pennington or Joey Harrington problem. Harrington, yep. By getting better wide receivers, when we should have just gotten a better quarterback, and that's what Golden State did. Jordan Poole had an incredible year in 2022. Uh, he got paid a massive, massive amount of money to turn into an absolute pumpkin and get punched in the face by Draymond Green. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's so, sad that your team goes with the guy who punched you over you who received the punch. <laughs> and what's crazy is yes, they shipped a first-round pick off to get rid of his contract, much like they did Andre Iguodala with Grizzlies. That Golden State pick that we just traded to Boston to get Marcus Smart came from Golden State in a deal that was basically, we'll give you a first-round pick, but you have to take Andre Iguodala, and that's it. You know, you know, really went on that sob story on all over ESPN yeah. and, and made so, him one of the most hated athletes in Memphis. Yeah, and so props to Golden State for for getting off of their mistake and not having too much pride. Of course, that a lot of that pride comes with there's now a new GM, and the new GM's not tied to Jordan Poole. So what's funny about it, though, is that I feel like Chris Paul is like a worse fit than Kinda. Jordan Poole. Like, what is because, he going to Steph is the point guard. But Chris Paul's whole mantra is he is the the – field general the point god he is going to set everything up and he go he sets the pace and his pace is typically always slow slow. and golden state is a fly around chucking threes wide open offense and i don't really know how he fits in especially at his age yeah because steph runs that offense and runs that at a high pace facilitates and through his facilitation then works and gets open I don't. It's not a great fit. It's really. He's obviously chasing a ring and hoping to finally get that elusive ring. It's going to be the curse of Chris Paul, the Charmin curse, if you will. They don't. You don't win a championship with Chris Paul, but I just don't. I'm. A, I agree. I do not love the fit in Golden State. It's almost like he's going to be the guy that's in the corner, mm-hmm. you know, ready to to catch the kickouts. And if that's what Allen. he turned out to be, he will be good at that role. He's a good shooter. Yeah, uh, he's the, he'll be the Ray Allen that Ray Allen was in Miami, where he just he runs around for a minute and stands in the corner and ho- and waits for that three. But the beauty of Golden State basketball, and the reason why I've always found it ex- insanely enjoyable to watch, uh, is the fact that anybody can run the show at any time. It's fluid. It's yeah. the old San Antonio Spurs thing. You know, that's where Steve Kerr came from. You know. Anybody can touch the ball. Anybody can make the passes. Anybody can run the offense. Everybody's going to cut or equal opportunity distributors, equal opportunity shooters here. Uh, 
And it just feels like the ball is going to stop with Chris Paul. Yeah. So it feels I don't like know. That. I hope, but I mean, this could really work out well for the Grizzlies if Chris Paul and the Warriors suck. Yeah. Together. I, listen, I, I don't know. You know, there are teams that are probably more talented than us, but when we're healthy, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to have a hard time beating us. Yeah. But. Anyway, yeah, CP3, not a great fit in Golden State, but he got sent out there. Going to be some big moves. There always is with the NBA free agency. It's one of the better free agencies in sports because there's usually, the some, the, free yeah, there's usually some big movement and guys moving around. You know, there's always a smoke around Dame Lillard, which I'm at the point, like most people are, like either move or there's don't, something. but I'm tired of hearing about it. Yeah. Um, but big things are going to happen over the next couple of weeks as it gets sorted out. But, Drew, that's all I got for tonight. You got anything else you want to talk about? No, man, I'm good. I feel like we covered all the topics, and we, and it's we did it in a rather timely manner. And yeah, but Rusty's got to go to bed. He's been pushing this. He's like, are you done yet? Are you done yet? He's been texting <laughs> me like, dude, just wrap up. I'm trying to get this thing done in 25 minutes, and, and he just keeps letting me talk, so I keep talking. Um, my Geritol and my, my sleeping pills kicked in, and I got to go to bed because I got to be up in the morning to get my paper and chase the kids off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Uh, you can come get these kids out of my house if you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. And I've enjoyed it, Rusty. It has been so nice to uh, to sit down and unwind and talk to you about sports and life for an hour and a half tonight. Uh, I greatly enjoyed it. Can't wait to do it again next week. Yeah, man. Tell them where they can find us. Yeah, so Two Bucks Sports Podcast, the number Two Bucks Sports Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, yeah, that's them. And, uh, two bucks sports pod on, uh, Spotify and Apple and YouTube, wherever you want to find us, leave us a comment, review us, give us five stars. You can say whatever you want as long as you say five stars. Yep. So, and uh, you're out there looking to sponsor a podcast that is on the up and up. We are on the rise. We've got almost uh, over 2000 downloads. Now we're, we're, we're growing at a rapid pace. So please sponsor us. We'll say, we'll, you know, whatever, we'll let you sponsor whatever great segment, even the cousin Kirk sponsor uh, segment, (laughs) man, just let us know. We'll, uh, we will feature you on our podcast. Yeah. What would you, what, what is the line? What thing would you not sponsor? Hmm. You just brought up Geritol. I mean, would you sponsor I mean, yeah, that's fun. You know, blood money from the Saudis probably wouldn't do it for me. I'd take it. <laughs> it depends on how many zeros are there. I might no, take it. I'd take it. I don't know. Listen, man, I can be bought. I got student loans. I got stuff to pay off. So, uh, Are you paying on your student loans? No, I don't have a ton more left, but I do have some, yeah. Oh, man, that must, that must stink. Okay, I graduated, uh, let's see, almost three years ago, and I've yet to make a student loan payment. Thanks, COVID. Yeah, I've been making mine all along, and it's that number hadn't gotten a whole lot smaller. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like my mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> it, probably the same amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's, That's fair. Dr. Witten. <laughs> yeah, and you live in Ripley. <laughs> we went to the college for the same amount of years. You left with a whole lot of debt and a doctorate degree, and I left with a fair amount of debt and an engineering bachelor's. <laughs> there you go so listen man i enjoyed it you hold the fort down there in north mississippi and to all our faithful listeners if you made it this far we really appreciate you we'll see you back here next week at the same time yeah man bye, bye.